This is Tanya Milevich from Lightning Bolt Theater of the Mind at www.lightningbolt.podbean.com. And you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. All Better Audio. We're not just good. We're all better. Attention. This is a production from the 4077. Making audio sound all better. That is all. All Better Audio in association with the 4077 presents Victoria, Empress of the Universe Episode 2 In Space, No One Can Hear You Die Written and produced by Victor Aurelius Down. I'm looking for John Watson. I'm Dr. John Watson. Doctor, eh? I'm Dr. Neville Heath. How is the patient, Doctor? Mr. Sherlock Holmes is quite a remarkable man, you know. Indeed, I do. He needs to be under observation for at least 24 hours. I want him to be restricted to his stateroom until... Until hell freezes over, my good Doctor. I am perfectly well. Holmes! Are you out of your mind? Mr. Holmes, you are suffering from a concussion, several lacerations to your face and hands, and when you were blown off the stage, you connected with the brass section of the orchestra pit and wrenched your back on a tuba. Absurd. I have sustained worse tragedies and managed to commence fisticuffs with an opponent twice my size. And when, mind you... Holmes, be reasonable. Listen to the man and rest. Just 24 hours is all he asks. In less than 24 hours, I will be dead, Watson. Dead? This was the third attempt on my life today. I only counted two. The harpoon when I arrived at your stateroom, and the explosion during the opera. I failed to mention the black widow's spiders and my shaving case, and the trace amounts of arsenic in my cabernet during our meal. I noticed it immediately. Luckily, I always carry an antidote. That makes four attempts on your life, Holmes. Hmm. You're correct, Watson. Uh, Perhaps I am suffering from concussion. Dr. Heath, may I look after my friend here? I am his personal physician. Just keep an eye on him. The man is not at all well. And I do have a degree in psychiatry as well. Here, Holmes. Allow me to help you to your room. I'm perfectly able to walk, Watson. Ah, Holmes! I I believe that I 
will accept your assistance, old friend. Take my arm. As soon as you're in your stateroom, I will administer a sedative so that you can lie still and heal your injuries. Thank you, dear Tom. I think that will be the best. And I don't want you hovering over me. I want to be alone until we reach Mars. Of course, Holmes. Whatever you say. Roberts. Hi, Captain Wells. Signal the crew to engage the docking clamps, lest we float away. The plundering star has arrived on the dark side of the moon. Arrgh, engage docking clamps. Engaging docking clamps. The plundering star secure, sir. Arrgh, ship secure, Captain. We be needing our slaves to unload the crates to our base. There's much work to be done before the professor can inspect his creation. <laughs> Dr. Watson. Oh, yes, my boy. Is Mr. Holmes going to be all right? He seemed ever so distraught. Oh, the man is exasperating. But at some point, even he can reach his limits. I've given him a sedative that should keep him unconscious for 24 hours. It will allow him to heal and gain back his strength. He has an audience with the Martian Queen, and he must be physically and mentally fit to present the speech that Lord Perrington failed to deliver. Oh, poor Lord Perrington. I'd spoken to him the night before he was to deliver his speech. He was clearly not in his right mind. How so? I'll take you to the smoking lounge, and I will explain. Martian pistol would have rendered me, for all intents and purposes, to appear quite dead. Luckily, I was not in my bed, but waking in the shadows. Vasislaus, you are not unconscious. The good Dr. Watson knows fully well that a patient suffering from concussion should not be sedated or allowed to sleep for 24 hours. Any first-year medical student knows that. However, I am perfectly well. A ruse, Baron Klassenfeld. Oh, take that! No, You will not catch me, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, a personal light reflecting projection device which renders the wearer invisible. How ingenious! Now, pardon me while I make my escape. Watson, now! Indeed, Holmes. Stuart, press the switch on the device I gave you. Right, Dr. Watson. Back! 
You can see me! Watch block his exit! Oh, oh, oh. How did you do that? Queen Victoria had asked Thomas Edison to create a device which counters the effects of light-refracting projectiles, like the one you had just employed. It seems that Martian science is much more advanced than ours on the Earth. Her Majesty had thought to even the score of it and allow us a slight advantage. And Baron Klossenfeld had used the weapon that military intelligence had suspected an anarchist would carry, a Martian pistol that shoots Daruk thorns. One brick of the thorn would give the appearance of death until an antidote could be administered. So then... That is what happened to Lord Perrington? He's merely under the illusion of death? An excellent assumption, Watson. But, unfortunately, no. The body you examined back at the palace is quite, quite dead. You may have captured me, Mr. Holmes, but there are many others who are my allies. Who? Tell me, Baron. Who are they? <laughs> All I can say is, you are gravely mistaken. <laughs> what? Grave, Mr. Holmes. Grave! Stuart, you fool. You allowed him to come invisible again. No, Watson. He is gone. I surmise by use of something that has the ability to break down his molecular structure and sent it wirelessly across space to another location. But, but he was about to tell us something of importance. Perhaps we should return to my stateroom and continue our conversation in private. Yes, I, I suppose so. Stuart, we can find our own way. The young man is welcome, Watson. What are you doing in my room? Dame Helena Finch, the world-famous comedian. <laughs> Thank you for your kind introduction, you sweet man. But allow me to show all of you something. Oh dear, show some decorum, woman. Control your urges. Prude. <laughs> no, no, woman, don't. Just, just don't. Uh, Watson, um, remove your hands from covering your eyes. It is not that I do not enjoy the female form. Far from it. It is simply a matter of privacy and the number involved. Shall it disappoint you, old man? <laughs> Mycroft, it was you the entire time. I had my suspicions. I thought I was most convincing, for the most part. The hands, my dear brother, were obviously too large for a woman. And, of course, uh, the Adam's apple. Yes, of course. In my defense, I thought that the punching neckline would have successfully diverted attention from both my flaws. Anyway, I found it necessary to reveal my identity. Her Majesty demands a progress report, dear brother. Progress? <laughs> 
We had captured Baron Kossenfeld, who failed on numerous occasions to assassinate you, Holmes. Not quite, Watson. The Baron had only attempted to make it appear that I was dead. He did not have a hand in the other attempts on my life. And I do believe he would have never taken a life. He is a cowardly sort. Now, if he didn't try to impale you with a spear, poison you at dinner, put venomous spiders in your shape and get to blow you up during the opera, then who did? I did, Dr. Watson. You? Why, I shall throttle you with my own bare hands, you impudent lad. Steady on, Watson. You may tell him, boy. I am actually here under the command of my mother, Queen Victoria. She asked Mr. Holmes to take me under his wing and allow me to assist him in any way possible. Under Mr. Holmes's instructions before we left Earth, I have been preparing the harmless attempts against him, thus making it appear that his life was in danger and forcing any enemies of Britain to show their hand and divulge their intentions. Uh, so, you are... Allow me to introduce... Prince Victor Edward Elbert. The prince, in guise of a lowly steward, was aboard the Britannia on her first voyage to Mars, but was unable to save Lord Parrington. And what you said about Lord Parrington? That he did not seem at all like himself the evening before he was discovered dead? Uh, Your Royal Highness? Please, Doctor, I am not to be addressed that way. Please refer to me as steward, or a boy, or whatever you would call a servant. I am remaining undercover until we return home to Britain. The lad is quite the up-and-coming agent in Her Majesty's secret service. He's been steering me towards those on board ship who are possible radicals. Well, Baron Klutzenfeld was so blatant in his hatred of my mother and the Empire that it appeared that he would intend to harm Mr. Holmes. I want him to prepare for anything. Indeed. Oh, thank you, my lad. And I also noticed that the ship's doctor was not at the captain's table. I thought I was rather suspicious. Perhaps we should contact Her Majesty and disclose all our suspicions. What is that, Mycroft? A portable computational communicator. It's nearly small enough to sit upon your lap. Ingenious how small these things are becoming. Perhaps if you extend this antenna, dear brother. Ah, yes. We are here, Mycroft. I see that the young Prince Victor is with you. What do you have to report, my dear boy? Hello, Mother. Baron Klutzenfeld has made his intentions known. But he escaped by use of teleportation to an unknown location. And the ship's doctor seems rather suspicious as well. Hmm. Interesting. Excellent work, my son. And, Your Majesty, I understand we are ready to make a high-velocity leap toward Mars in a very short time. The engineers explained it is a much faster rate of travel than we thought possible nearly as fast as the speed of light. These Martians have much to teach us. Mr. Holmes, are you there as well? Yes, Your Majesty. Watson and I are here at your command. Your meeting with the Martian Queen and her court is essential to our plans. 
You do understand how important this is, Mr. Holmes. Yes, Your Majesty. Do not worry. Everything will be as you instructed. Very well, gentlemen. I wish you a very swift journey without any more incidents to detract you from your mission. Well, dear brother, and my good friend, the noted Dr. Watson, once the Britannia makes this final transition to Mars, our mission will be... What is it? Could it be the engines? Gearing up for the jump? No, I... I fear it is much more sinister in nature. That's an emergency warning. We're under attack. Attack? Who would dare attack Her Majesty's flagship on a mission of diplomacy? Target all weapons on its starboard flank. 30% power again. I do not wish to destroy our gift to the Venusian High Council. Just give them enough to let them realize we are superior, yet fair. Yes, Admiral Shka. Targeting cannons, 30% power. Ready, Admiral. Fire. Nowhere and fired on us, Captain. Steady, Commander York. This is our first encounter with an unknown race. These are not pirates or Martians. We must try to. We must do what, Captain? Damn them. Charge up the Tesladian weapon. You heard the Captain. Charge the weapon. Charging weapon, sir. Count off the power readings, Lieutenant Fawkes. 22%, Captain. Captain, may I suggest we disable the running lights? They'll assume we've been incapacitated. 36%, Captain. Aye, York. Make it so. But let's hedge our bets. Lieutenant Booth, allow the Britannia to drift 22 degrees starboard and roll 35 degrees port. Aye, sir. Brilliant, Captain. They will believe we are completely out of commission. 53%, Captain. Are we still preparing to engage the final jump to Mars? Aye, Captain. We can jump at your command. 66%. Oh, this will be written in the history book, lads. Now listen carefully to my orders. 72%. Let the ship drift. But slowly, turn her until the main weapon is pointing at her nose. 80% captain. But captain, with the Britannia pointed at them, when we fire the weapon and our engines prepare to jump... I know perfectly well what I'm doing, Commander. Your concerns have been duly noted. Aye, Captain. 98. 100% captain. Excellent, Lieutenant. On my command, I want full energy on the weapon. Then after striking them, I want full jump to Mars. Lieutenant Booth, lock in the corners to Mars. Aye, aye, Commander. Coordinates locked in. Now, lads, this will not be pretty, but it will do the job necessary. <laughs> they are dead in space. Shall I send word to command headquarters on Venus, Admiral? No, no. It is far too early to make that announcement, Major. Prepare a landing party so that we may take prisoners. Excellent idea, Admiral. I see accommodation in my future. The first Earth vessel captured without any casualties. <laughs> They're firing an energy weapon. Ray shield. It's too late.
through here, Lieutenant Booth. Engage, jump. We're going straight through the tunnel we've made. Aye, Captain! We've struck something, Captain. Damage report. We're dragging a large portion of the enemy ship's house, sir. At this speed, we'll have to take it with us to Mars. When calculated the jump, sir, we accounted for just the weight of the Britannia and its passengers and cargo. What are you saying, Commander York? We'll be lucky to make it to our destination, sir. Damn. Damn, now shut that bloody noise off. Lieutenant Booth is in any way to recalculate our destination, adding the weight we're now carrying. I'll see what I can do, Captain. I'll try to determine its mass. Good lad. Do what you can. If we miscalculate our approach, we can strike one of the two moons or overshoot Mars entirely and end up who knows well. This is our first test of this Martian propulsion. Aye, we could end up at Jupiter or be left adrift in the asteroid belt. We are approaching Mars. Two minutes. What? We arrived faster than anticipated. Half the amount of time, sir. That is one fast engine. Could we try to slow down? I'm afraid we're past that point, Captain. Coming up on Mars. If any of you... Our religious men, now's the time to pray. This is your captain. We are about to enter the atmosphere of Mars at a considerably faster rate than expected. I apologize for any inconvenience. Inconvenience? We're being thrown about like ragtolls in a hurricane. Try to stay calm, Dr. Watson. Stay calm? How am I to stay calm? I found a marvelous tantric relaxation method when I visited Badly last year. Mr. Holmes, I don't believe the value. I am quite sure that the captain has everything under control. We're all going to die because of some damned ship that dared to attack us. Venusian attack craft. Really? Indeed. Choose bow. Or, in English, the toxic mist. Oh dear, their government will be ever so angry. Have we just instigated a war? I believe Baron Klutzenfeld informed us that Grave was at work. Grave? Cemetery plots? Plots, oh yes, what? Against our empire. Klutzenfeld. German Baron working with Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. As I suspected. Yet I feel that there is even more behind this dastardly plot. And Venus, of course, an alliance of evil against our Queen. Against Mars and Earth-trading information. What have we stumbled into? And the death of Lord Perrington. That is what started all of this, remember? Yes, indeed. Now we are plummeting toward the surface of Mars. Brace for impact! Oh, I hate space travel. Too fast. They're going to crash. Lord, help them. 
I must go pray for them. Victoria, Empress of the Universe, Episode 2, In Space, No One Can Hear You Die, was written, directed, and produced by Victor Aurelius. Featured in the cast were Alex Gilmore as Dr. Neville Heath, Ellie Hirschman as Dr. John Watson, Jeff Niles as Sherlock Holmes, D.T. Kelly as Pirate Captain Jacob Wells, Michael Romero as First Mate Roberts, Victor Aurelius as the crewman. Brian Reed as the Britannia ship steward. Gary Coburn as Baron Klutzenfeld. Dame Helena Fitch as herself. Jeff Niles as Mycroft Holmes. Lisa Duchamp as Queen Victoria. Victor Aurelius as Admiral Shakar. Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Major Luchet. Michael Breckenridge as Commander York. Joel Nesbitt as Captain Marcus Bowman. Victor Aurelius as Lieutenant Fox. Matt Weller as Lieutenant Booth. And Jonathan Patrick Russell as the robot. Music by Kevin McLeod. Sound design by Victor Aurelius. Copyright the 4077th and All Better Audio 2013. This has been an All Better Audio production. This production was set together by the making audio sound all better. Apparently you enjoy listening to audio dramas since you're hearing this message. I'll keep it short so you can get back to the fun stuff. If you would like to see and experience how all these stories, voices, sound effects, and music come together to create theater of the mind, make plans to visit the Modern Audio Drama Convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia, July 24th through 26th, 2020. Meet the creators. Find out how to write, record, mix, sweeten, and produce movies that play in your head. See what the voices you hear actually look like. We never look like we sound. For all the details, visit madcon.com. That's M-A-D as in modern audio drama, then dash as in dash on over, then con as in convention, duh, then dot as in it'll be the most fun you've had in a while, period, then com as in come on over, we'll love to see you. Madcon, your ears and brain will thank you.